Welcome, everyone, to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am your host, Munaf Manji, back in the saddle here for the post-trade deadline fiasco, I guess we can say, or lack thereof. Wasn't the most exciting NBA uh, trade deadline, at least this season. But hey, we'll break down some of the top trades that did happen on the NBA trade deadline, of course. Preview the Friday card, give our best bets. And of course, since it is Friday, we'll give out our Friday five as well. But joining me here tonight, as usual, to help me break everything down in the NBA, got my guy here with me, Sleepy Jay. Sleepy, what's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing good. Just sitting here watching some of these NBA games. I got the Mavericks uh, for my premium pick for pregame tonight. So rooting that in and uh, just glancing at some college basketball. So it's a basketball filled day for me. Yeah, I know we're still grounding out uh, basketball, whether it's college and NBA, of course. And I know everybody's excited for the Super Bowl happening on Sunday. But hey, uh, we're going to continue here with our NBA coverage as well. But also joining us tonight, a very special guest, one of my good friends and one of the sharpest handicappers I know in the NBA uh, and also one of the hardest working men, frankly, in the sports gambling space. It's my main man, Crispy Cabin. Chris, how you doing this uh, Thursday evening, my man? What's up, you know? What's up, James? Appreciate you guys for having me. What a what a warm, uh, nice intro from from you know there. Uh, I wouldn't say all those you know nice things about myself, but I appreciate them being said about me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just you know kind of echoing what James said. You know, watching some some late night hoops. Uh, it's not even too late. It's nine oh seven on the East Coast, but. You know, watching some hoops. Uh, I know you talked about the the Mavs, James. I got I got the uh, Timberwolves. That game just went to halftime. They up ten, so hopefully they can hold on against Milwaukee tonight, man. But uh, excited to be here. Uh, you know, interested in the, you know, super interested and happy for the opportunity. Hopefully, we can give out some winners and uh, excited to break down you know all the trade stuff that happened today as well. Yeah, I know, uh, Sleepy. You and I we talked about it on the tuesday night episode that we did uh that we were hoping to have something to talk about maybe some type of splash move happening uh in the nba but it just didn't come into fruition i know there's a lot of rumors about Dejounte murray possibly getting traded and to the lakers or or to another team and you know the reports started coming out that you know the lakers were going to stand pat and then uh Woj dropped the note that Dejounte murray was going to stay put uh in atlanta as well but before i actually get into uh, the trades that did uh, actually go down. Let's quickly recap what happened uh, uh, with our picks over on the last episode. That sleepy, you and I did. Um, you know, I, I mentioned you that all all streaks do come to an end, and unfortunately, our player prop uh, best bet did not get there on the Wednesday card. We had Draymond Green rebounds and assists to go over uh, thirteen and a half, and he he finished the game with ten in only eighteen minutes, and I. I the part of the handicap that I missed on this was that I should have recognized that they were on a front end of a back-to-back because they are playing in uh, Indiana here tonight against the Pacers. And I think Kerr did a pretty good job there of, of managing the minutes for the Warriors uh, players. But unfortunately for our player prop best, but it didn't get home. But hey, you know, when one streak ends, we, we you know, look to start a new one. I think we have one tonight that uh, should get us uh, back on the winning side. But uh, my best bet did get there. I had the Warriors minus the one when we did record the pod. Um, I know that number closed around four and a half in favor of the Warriors, but they absolutely blew out the Philadelphia 76ers. Sleepy, I know you had uh, the Sacramento Kings uh, against the Detroit Pistons. And I think, what, maybe the second or third biggest upset uh, of the 
NBA season this year, at least. I know the one that sticks out to me was the Lakers without AD and LeBron going into Boston as a 16 and a half point underdog and winning outright. But uh, hey, we're going to flip the page here. Uh, obviously, we always hold ourselves accountable, but hopefully we get back on the winning side here, Sleepy. Yeah, my Kings pick was, uh, I mean, if it could have been them any more of a dud, I mean, that 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 was it. Um, they, they just played bad basketball. Herter got ejected. I think they realized like that they just, it was an off night for them, a night that they probably completely just looked past the Pistons. And well, they got beat at every level. They got beat in the paint. They got beat at the free throw line, beat at the three-point line. Uh, they got out-rebounded. I think they were like minus 15 in rebounds. So you know, you're not going to beat anybody, even a bad team like the Pistons. And I mean, Detroit went out there and they did their job. I, I did not think that that was going to happen. I mean, you're a 12 and a half point favorite and you were coming off of, I think, what was it, like a 20, 26-point loss or something like that to the Cavs. I know the Cavs put a lump on the Kings, and then they turn around and they do that again. So it's going to be a little tough for me to go ahead here and look at Sacramento probably over the next couple of games. One, I just don't know maybe if they're playing, you know, their, potentially their worst brand of basketball right now. But, you know, after beating me that way against a team like the Pistons, uh, I'm probably going to shy away. So. That's the way I saw the Kings game. As far as Draymond was concerned, you know, that was it was a bad handicap by me because we were talking and I said, well, if they're going to push anybody to play minutes, it's going to be Draymond. And it turned out that that's the one guy that they, you know, held held out for almost the most time. So that was a complete miss by me. So uh, I'm just going to chalk up Tuesday as our first Tuesday podcast. So got a lot to learn there on Tuesdays for old sleepy here. Yeah, I mean, it's again, I mean, again, we, we've done really good so far this season here, Sleepy, uh, on the pods here with our picks and our player prop best bet. So, you know, you're not going to win every bet that we put out there. But again, again we do our best handicapping each game, uh, you know, that we do give out as our best bets and also preview on the card. Before we actually do get into the trades here for uh, the NBA trade deadline here on Thursday, uh, Chris, I'm going to give you the stage here, man. I mean, give us a little bit of your background on how you got involved in the sports betting industry and how your fandom came about, at least uh, being an NBA fan and just, you know, just being in the sports media space. Yeah, man. You know, I, I could talk, this could be the whole episode, right? Like I could, <laughs> I could just talk forever, but uh, you know, I'll make a, a super long story, uh, you know, pretty short. Um, just, it's, you know, just something that's kind of been entrenched in to me as a, you know, since a, as a young kid, right. I think we all like watch the game, we play the game and I was, you know, very active, uh, you know, coming up through, uh, you know, primary school, elementary school, uh, high school, I played sports, specifically basketball. And uh, when I got to college, I stopped. I was like, I got to take my education serious. I, I had a couple like D3 scholarships, didn't really want to pursue those schools, wanted to go to, you know, a bigger university instead. So I stopped and uh, but never, you know, stopped watching, always, you know, hung around the, the basketball players. It's always been my, you know, my thing. And then, um, you know, in Virginia, where I'm from, Sports gambling got legalized maybe three and a half, four years ago now. Um, and, uh, you know, like you, because you watch the game and I was a kid, too, that, you know, watched Sports Center over and over again, like it was the only channel that we had, you know, just knowing what's going to happen on the next episode. But it's a rerun. So you just I just kept watching it. You know, I was that, you know, that kid. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, as you as I got older and like I said, when sports gambling got legalized uh, here in Virginia, of course, you, you know, you watch it all the time. You're like, I, you know, I can make a few dollars, or, you know, betting this. I know it's going to happen. And, of course, you absolutely know nothing uh, <laughs> because you, you don't know anything about sports betting. You just watch sports. So you want to bet on your favorite team, your favorite player. So, I, you know, as I think most people do, I, I lost money, uh, you know, in the very beginning. 
and uh, always been a competitive guy. Though. Always, you know, whether we're playing tic-tac-toe or I declare war or, you know, anything, I'm, I'm trying to win, right? Uh, so, you know, wanted to go back to the sports books and get my money back. So I, you know, started to learn how to handicap, uh, you know, watched, um, you know, a lot of different people, read a lot of different books and, uh, you know, figured out a process that that worked for me over time. And it's been, you know, it's been good, man. It's been profitable. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I enjoy watching the games. I enjoy, you know, handicapping the games and, uh, you know, just coming up with my own little uh, unique, uh, you know, way of, you know, trying to find a, a edge on the sports book. And like I said, it's been, it's been good, man. So I'm happy to be here and, uh, you know, always willing to learn, of course, as well, uh, trying to learn from, you know, as many people trying to adjust my processes as, you know, as needed. And uh, like I said, I'm excited to be here with you guys today. I think the key that you mentioned there, Chris, is that I think in anything, but even especially in the sports betting industry, it's that you always have to be learning because, you know, number one, books are always adjusting, uh, uh, themselves, but then you always have to adjust your process, uh, as well when you, you know, handicap games and things like that as well. So, you know, I'm always intrigued and, and interested to find out, you know, how people, you know, just got into sports in general, even in betting. And I think it's always a learning experience when you hear about other people's stories as well. But, you know, Chris has turned into a great friend of mine. I, I bug him almost on the, on the daily about things I'd need, uh, uh, to, for my handicapping process. And he's always been a gentleman and always helps me out. So it's always good to have those type of people in your circles that are always willing to help you as well. So, you know, glad to have you here tonight, Chris. Um, guys, let's get on to some of the, uh, the bigger trades that did happen in the association today for the NBA trade deadline. I think the two teams that are at the top of the list here, we'll start with the Western Conference team, the Dallas Mavericks. They made a couple moves to kind of bolster their roster uh, for a playoff run and surround um Luca and Kyrie Irving with some more pieces. So the first trade that did transpire for the Dallas Mavericks early in the day, they actually acquired Daniel Gafford from the Washington Wizards for uh, Rashawn Holmes in a 2024 first round pick. I know Derek Lively, uh, they drafted in the um, this year's past draft as, you know, to be their anchor in the center. He's been battling some injuries and he's been out for some time here. So they got some insurance here. Uh, with Daniel Gafford being in that backup uh, center position there as well. And the second trade that they did make, I think probably one of the biggest or one of the bigger trades, I'm sorry, I don't say the biggest, the, one of the bigger trades that did transpire between the Charlotte Hornets uh, and the Dallas Mavericks. P.J. Washington heads to uh, Dallas and return the Charlotte Hornets received uh, Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a future first-round pick. So, Couple of solid pieces the Dallas Mavericks do add to their uh, roster there. Sleepy, let me start with you on the Dallas Mavericks trade. When you heard about these trades, um, did this excite you, or did you think that there's maybe lateral moves here for the Dallas Mavericks? Well, I think the Mavericks needed a big man that they can go ahead and depend on. I I doubt it probably changed any of the title odds with Dallas, but as as with probably many of the trades that we're going to talk about here, Manoff and the players' names that we're going to discuss. Nobody really moved the odds, but I think that the Gafford pickup was one that one that Dallas needed. But you know, watching these trades go down, that there are particular players that will make that machine go, and I think Gafford is is certainly one of those guys. Um, I don't want to get into Patrick Beverly too much, but I think that he actually could help the Bucks. But overall, I like I like what the Mavs did. I don't think that they gave up anything really, um, you know, to to jeopardize anything in their futures. So. I would I would go ahead and give the Mavs Mavs pick up there probably two thumbs up. Yeah, I, I think the consensus was ac across the trade uh, the trade deadline and 
for the Dallas Mavericks was that, I mean, they did a great job of getting these pieces. I know they had to trade some draft capital uh, to get these guys with first round picks that were attached to each of these trades here. But I think that adding PJ Washington, who's a solid you know, bench player coming off of that bench when he was with Charlotte, he also got some starts there as well. But I think he's going to be a great fit there with the Dallas Mavericks. And, you know, this is something that's been lacking uh, for the Dallas Mavericks is that true rim protection and, and a big man. And like you just talked about, they're sleepy. Um, Daniel Gafford adds that, right? He's a guy that can give you some rim protection. He can rebound the basketball there as well and gives you a solid backup uh, with Derek Lively there as well. Chris, uh, thoughts on the Dallas Mavericks uh, moves uh, that they did make here today to bolster their roster? Yeah, I think Sleepy kind of nailed it uh, here, Minoff. I think, uh, you know, Daniel Gafford is is big. I, I, and and to, it also shows that, you know, Dallas is is serious about winning this year, right? Like you you have Kyrie there, you have, you know, Luca there. Uh, I think Lively is, uh, you know, living up to the expectation, if not exceeding the expectation that a lot of people put on him as well. But he has, you know, suffered with some injuries. And you also had, you know, Maxi Kleber, who missed a, you know, humongous part of the of the season so far as well. So getting Daniel Gafford is, I think it's big. I think it's, uh, you know, like Stevie said, it's not going to move the odds, but you look at someone that's shooting 69% from the field, uh, you know, averaging 11 points and the, you know, a career high 2.2 blocks. And these are the things that's not highlighted because the Washington Wizards have such a poor defense. Uh, but we we know, like, you know, as basketball fans, you can, you can kind of tell how, how well a team plays, you know, when a player, how well, how much a player impacts the team specifically. So, you know, it, the Wizards defense was god awful, of course, but without Daniel Gafford out there, it's a lot worse because they have absolutely no defenders outside of Daniel Gafford, uh, who, you know, at times can, you know, still be, he can be manhandled by, you know, some of the dominant centers in the league. But like I said, 2.2 uh, two blocks this year, first year, you know, averaging over two blocks and, uh, you know, he knows what to do. So putting him with a, a dynamic point guard like a Luka Doncic and, a you know, a Kyrie Irving, too, uh, of the highest, you know, basketball IQ uh, guards in the league, I think is going to be uh, just really, really good for him. And it'll also, uh, you know, help with, you know, not putting too much on Lively. Um, so I think that's a really, really good move. And P.J. Washington somebody that can stretch the floor. So now, you you know, you can't double as much. Um, you know, off Luca, you can't double off Kyrie. So it adds another, you know, score out there as well. So, um, yeah, I would agree. I think Sleepy, you know, nailed it with, uh, you know, his his analysis of this. And I would I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I share the same sentiments as you guys just mentioned there. I think that this Dallas Mavericks team that they're able to stay healthy, uh, you know, they'll they're, you know, right now primed to make a run in the Western Conference. Well, I, I truly do believe that it's it's a little bit wide open than it has been in the past um let's go over to the eastern conference here and the team that has been decimated by injuries that's been the new york knicks um they made a trade here with the detroit pistons they traded away uh the guys uh the name of quentin grimes malachi flynn and a couple second round draft picks to the detroit pistons for boyan bogdanovich and the return of alec burks to the um big apple there in madison square garden and i think this was a, a trade that the knicks we're going to have to make because again, we mentioned the injuries that these guys are are dealing with, right? We know Julius Randle is going to miss a couple more weeks there. Uh, Mitchell Robinson has been gone for most of the season. There is a possibility that he could come back uh, for the New York Knicks. And Jalen Brunson did suffer an ankle injury uh, on uh, Wednesday night. And he didn't play in the game here tonight on Thursday against the Dallas Mavericks. So, they get a bona fide shooter here with Boyan Bogdanovich, who gets some scoring depth as well with Alec Burke coming off of the bench here. Um, CB, why don't you talk about uh, talk about this trade here for the New York Knicks? Uh, how, what was your feeling about this one? 
Well, I wasn't really all that excited. Um, I mean, Bogdanovich is, is good, but I thought I thought the winner of trade day today was actually the Pistons. I thought that, you know, they unload some weight that, that they really don't need. And I get like they get some, you know, they get some guys back, but it's more about trying to clear space for the future. And I thought that they did that. And they're they're going to give more time to their you know young rising stars that just haven't had a chance to go ahead and step into that starting role. So I think Detroit made out pretty good today, believe it or not, even though they didn't sign some big marquee name. But um, I don't know if the Knicks really get too much better. I mean, when you have a guy like Brunson and Randall, and now you bring in Anobi, it's like, what is Bogdanovich really going to do for you that you can't really already do? Um, so I don't know. I, I, I good job, Knicks. I guess I could just say it like that. But <laughs> I was actually more excited for the Pistons today. The, the way that they, you know, they, they're active. They're not just actively tanking and not looking to get better. They're they're starting to think about their future. And you know, when you're the worst team in the league, if you don't show that you're at least trying to go ahead and say, hey, you know, we're, we're doing things. You know, your fan base is liable to, uh, you know, go ahead and disconnect from you, especially after a season like this. So. Two thumbs up for the Pistons, and you know, uh, add a boy for the for the Knicks here. Yeah, I thought that the, the, with the Knicks adding Bogdanovich, that gives them some three point shooting. I think that they did need. Uh, but you're right about the Pistons as well, right? I mean, it's it's, it's been a. I mean, now I don't know how many seasons where it's just been a disaster right now for this team. But I think at this point for this for the Pistons, you need to start molding this uh, roster and, and getting back to competing at least uh, in the NBA, because I mean, being this Pistons organization for the past several seasons ha- has just been, has been atrocious. I know they've picked up a lot of guys for the names of Kate Cunningham and Jaden Ivy. And, and I think they'll pick that. I really do like, and the guy that's flourishing for this team has been Jalen Duren. He's been an absolute monster in that post for the Detroit Pistons here. So hopefully it is better days ahead for the uh, Detroit Pistons here. Uh, Chris, any thoughts on the trade for the, uh, for the Knicks here and also anything overall for the Pistons? Yeah, man, I think, um, I think I, I really like it for the Knicks, man. I feel like they pushed all the chips in the middle of the table as well. Um, we know like, uh, you know, after they made the OG and the Novi deal, it was, uh, you know, what, what, you know, who, who's the backup guard, who's going to be able to, you know, handle the ball and, you know, be able to score the ball when, when, uh, you know, Brunson goes to the bench relying on guys like Quentin Grimes and, uh, you know, it's not, not the greatest, you know, supporting cast. We'll just say it like that to be nice. But then, you know, you you go get Burks, which which I think is a, you know, a big move for them. He returns back to New York already kind of familiar with the, you know, the scenery there. Uh, and, you know, going to get back down is like you said, this is this is options for Thibodeau. I'm actually interested to see. We know Thibodeau runs a pretty tight rotation. I'm actually interested to see you know, who's in and who's out, you know, like when, when the game's on the line and you get all these guys back healthy, because right now you got Mitchell Robinson, who's, who's out, of course. So you got Isaiah Hardenstein and we we would all assume that eventually Mitchell Robinson would, you know, when he comes back, he'll, you know, take over that starting role. But at the power forward, do you go, do you go Randall? Uh, I think you have to, right. But then that leaves Bogdanovich playing the three and OG Ananobi playing the two. Because Brunson has to play the point guard, right? So DiVincenzo goes to the bench. Like, so they got options, is what I'm saying, right? You got Alex Berg coming off the bench, Josh Hart, who was a you know a starter on you know some teams in the league. Uh, so I, I really like this. I like this for the Knicks. They have all the depth, I think, right now, and they play you know good enough defense that you know it can really carry them this year. So I'm interested to see what happens if they can all come back and all you know be healthy at the same time as we kind of gear up for the playoffs in the second half of the season. Um, I think that's going to be interesting. Of course, OG Anobi's out right now, and he's going to be out for 
the foreseeable future, right? And at least for the next few weeks. And as you mentioned, same thing with Randall. So uh, I like it. I like it for the Knicks specifically. And uh, I, I couldn't disagree uh, with, with what Sleepy said about Detroit. Uh, you know, just a <laughs> fire sale over there. Um, but like you, as you mentioned, you know, big, big fan of Duran, of course. Uh, I think Caden and Ivy, you know, are the future. And now that they've cut Killian Hayes, uh, you can start, you know, building in the right direction. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of what, D, what Detroit did today as well. Yeah, currently the Knicks are sitting at 20 to 1 uh, to win the NBA title right now. And at the Eastern Conference, they are currently the third favorite behind the Celtics and the Bucks, sitting there at plus 750. Um, I'll open up the floor here as far as the trade deadline. Sleepy, anything else that stood out to you outside of those two trades here at the trade deadline? I know you said that you like what the Pistons did and and how you think they won this trade deadline. But anything else outside of you know what we just discussed that stood out to you as far as the trade deadline? Or lack thereof, maybe. I actually liked the the Beverly move. I think he was playing a good brand of basketball. And, you know, when we get these trades, I start thinking, all right, let's think playoffs. And when a, when a playoff team lands, you know, any player, I ask myself, you know, what can he do for this team? Is he actually going to make a difference? Or is he just going to sit out there and play his, you know, 8 to 12 minutes or something like that? But, I mean, I could see Beverly, the way that he's playing, if he continues to play like this, he'll find his way you know, getting into, you know, a decent portion of the game, I think, with the Bucks, And defensively, you know, you and I had talked about, you know, the different approach that we thought the Bucks might take this year because uh, that was a team that was, you know, really predicated on on more defense than offense. But after you brought Lillard in, uh, we, we thought maybe they would do a lot more running and gunning. So maybe that that portion got a little bit away from them when, we're, when they're looking at their defense. And maybe they were like, you know what, let's go ahead and get us a fire starter, somebody that could be an annoyance like a Patrick Beverly. So I actually like that. I think he will help improve that team. And I think that he'll see a significant amount of time in the playoffs. So that was one that I really, really liked today. Yeah, I think that's a great point that you brought up. I complete This one went completely over my head. And it was funny because... I think he broke his own news about uh, being traded to the Milwaukee Bucks on the on a, on his podcast uh, there today. So, and I think you nailed it as well, Sleepy. Right, that we've talked about how much of the defense has fallen off from Drew Holiday to Damian Lillard. Now, Damian Lillard is also dealing with his own injuries as well. And it was funny that uh, Patrick Beverly mentioned that he has to, you know, kind of um, repair the friendship slash relationship with Damian Lillard because, you know, him and uh, uh, Dame have been kind of going back and forth throughout, you know, the history of their careers here, back and forth. And now they're teammates in Milwaukee. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, you're 100% correct that this guy will bring that defensive energy uh, for this Milwaukee Bucks team, something that's been really lacking for this team uh, all season long. So I think that's 100% a great pickup for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks here as well. Um, Chris, uh, if you want to add anything about uh, Patrick Beverly here or any, anything else that stood out to you as far as the trade deadline today? Sleepy, Sleepy took another one. That's the, I think that's the biggest one. I think that has the biggest impact, right? We know the, the the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, as good as they were offensively throughout the season, um, where were they? Uh, fourth in offensive rating so far. You know, no trouble scoring the basketball. But, you know, they, I know they had to, they had to hear the rumblings, man. <laughs> they had to hear the rumblings about how bad this defense was. I mean, yeah. 18th uh, at, at a 116.3 defensive rating. Uh, you know, none of the, the, the teams that have championship aspirations are you know that low when you think about who whose defense is worse than them i mean we got the kings the warriors the blazers the the mavericks the raptors the spurs the jazz the pacers the wizards the hawks the pistons and the hornets so uh that definitely improves it a lot you know especially from a guard position so 
uh, defense wins championships. I bet you uh, Giannis was very happy to, to have Patrick Beverly <laughs> as his teammate. And uh, Damian Lillard also, you know, it takes a lot of pressure off Damian Lillard. Uh, he's not the greatest defender, you know, how no matter how good he is on offense. So I definitely think that that's the biggest sleeper move uh, that's not being, you know, talked about as much. But um, I'm not sure how much he helps. I got, I think we kind of got to see how much he can kind of ramp up, uh, you know, with the end of the season. But Gordon Hayward, Going to going to OKC for you know they yeah. I mean they traded him for a bag of a bag of Doritos and, and a skill and a pack of Skittles today. He, I mean it was just Trey Mann and Davis Bertans, two guys that weren't even in that rotation. So uh, you know he adds a, a another score um, for for this team. I know that everybody was thinking that you know OKC would probably try to go after a big man, which I think they still could. You know put somebody beside Chet to uh, you know help rebound the basketball and not put so much pressure on him to be the only rim protector, but. Uh, I think Gordon Hayward being there, you know, definitely helps. I think that, you know, only helps their offense even more. He plays the game the right way. Uh, definitely a, you know, veteran presence on the team, which they have. They, I mean, for them to be as good and as good as they are, they're pretty young. So uh, I do think that he helps a lot. And I'll, I'll just I'll leave it at that. But I do think, like Sleepy said, uh, Patrick Beverly, uh, you know, he's a winner. He's going to come in there. He's going to play defense. He's going to lead by example. Uh, big, big fan of Patrick Beverly. So. Uh, you know, even with all the antics, I, I'm a big fan of Patrick Beverly. So I, I definitely think that that was a sleeper move of the day as well. Yeah, adding Gordon Hayward to a young team uh, like the OKC Thunder, I think that's only going to help them. And he's a guy that, you know, I, and we talk about glue guys. I think that Gordon Hayward, it, it will be that guy for this team when and if he's able to get on the court. But also, you know, just I guess being a mentor, just to be a, a veteran in that locker room for a young team who right now, I mean, sitting number one in the Western Conference. So I'm pretty sure he's excited to be there from a team that has been absolutely brutal this season and is absolutely terrible now going to a team that's number one currently in the western conference so i think that you know that'll just give them some extra motivation to go out there and perform uh for this oklahoma city thunder team so i know a lot of uh, nba fans were hoping for some bigger names being on the move here uh but again i think that some of these minor trades that we did talk about to bolster some of these uh, teams that have playoff aspirations and and trying to compete for a championship. I think they definitely, um, as we discussed here, uh, made those uh, proper moves to help those rosters. So, gentlemen, let's uh, flip the page here. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got, like, uh, celery chopped up. And let's forget about them, because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1. But I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? 
I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against with pick six? You're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Let's get into some of the games here happening on Friday night. And I know there's a lot of teams uh, that are playing on the Friday night card that are going to be on back-to-back situations. But we'll go to an Eastern Conference matchup here uh, that'll start at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be the Atlanta Hawks. They are in Philadelphia to take on the Sixers. Currently, as it stands, the Atlanta Hawks are a four-point road favorite here with a total of 241 in this game. And looking at the injury report for both of these teams, I'll start here with the Atlanta Hawks. They are going to be without Clint Capella in this game. DeAndre Hunter is probable for this game. And DeJounte Murray, a guy that we had uh, talked about earlier that was supposed to be uh, on the move, possibly. He stays put in Atlanta. He's officially questionable with this game, dealing with lower back tightness. For the Sixers, we know about Joel Embiid. Uh, DeAnthony Milton is also out for this game, along with Robert Covington and Nick Batum. Uh, Sleepy, let me start with you on this game. Hawks, a four-point Road favorite here against a team that's struggling right now to score the basketball in the Philadelphia 76ers. What do you think? It'd be tough for me to go ahead and play Philly. if They're going to be on a back-to-back here, so they play on Saturday on the road in Washington. And like you were saying, like it, it's a team that just can't score right now. When you take a guy like Embiid off the floor, you have to figure that out. And this isn't the old Philadelphia team where you know Embiid was missing you know game after game, missing multiple games in a row where – that particular rotation can go out there and kind of figure out what it's like with, you know, with life without Embiid. But it feels to me right now, like they're trying to figure that out. They just simply can't score. They can't play you know, really like a lick of defense right now. And I think going up against Atlanta, a team that's been surging, like we were just talking about, I, I think we, we ended up giving out the Hawks or gave out the Hawks on one of our most recent podcasts. Like I like what they're doing and the fact that they held on to Murray and they held him out, you get to figure, you know, if he comes back, um, and I'm sure he's going to be happy to be staying in Atlanta, he should at least be rested enough to to be able to go deep and, and, and play the entire game and give, you know, 110% effort. So it's just tough for me to get behind Philly right now with the way that they're playing. Like, I have to see something, you know, and uh, I just – there's nothing positive to see. I mean, the team's lost, what, like seven out of their last eight games, so – until I see Philly really turn the corner, um, it, it'll be a fade or, or or pass with them. Yeah, and that's another team that did make a move here about the Sixers. I'll mention this here quickly. They did, they did get uh, Buddy Heald uh, from the Indiana Pacers, so going to kind of give some additional scoring here alongside Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. So I did like that pickup as well for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers here. But yeah, I mean, you're 100% correct. I agree with you that I need to see um, Nick Nurse figure it out right now and how he wants to handle these rotations um, and how bad this offense is struggling right now. 
you have an Atlanta team, you know, I know Chris mentioned that some of the bad defenses, Atlanta has been a pretty bad defense right now uh, over the past five games as well. So maybe is this a cure that the Sixers offense can fix the most going up against a bad uh, Atlanta Hawks defense? Possibly. Uh, but I think that I'd like to sleep. You mentioned I did. I do need to see it here first from the Sixers before I can back them again. But I'll lean here with the uh, with the with the Hawks here on the road. I think I do like the over in this game, though. Again, Atlanta's been a team that, like you know, we just mentioned defensively, they've been really bad. They play with a lot of pace, so I think it's an opportunity for the Sixers team to get out and run with this uh, Atlanta Hawks team, and especially when you have a guy like Tyrese Maxey on this team that can get out. You know, and you've utilized his speed. I know he's been struggling a little bit over the past several games for the Philadelphia 76ers, but I'm now going up against a team like the Atlanta Hawks. I think it's an opportunity for him to have a big game here tonight uh, or yeah, on Friday night um, against the Atlanta Hawks here. So I do like the over in this game here, uh, despite these struggles right now for the Philadelphia 76ers. I think this may be a game where they can figure it out a little bit offensively against a bad defense here. Chris, let me turn this over to you. Atlanta Hawks in Philly as a four point favorite with a total of 241. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think uh excellent handicap by both of you guys to, to start this one off. And I, you know, I can't, it's, I, I don't like, uh, you know, continuing to fade, uh, you know, teams that, that have the ability to play good defense, but Philly seems like their, their spirit is a little broken right now, man. You know, the Joel Embiid news, I think, Took a big toll. We also, you know, I think it's it's interesting to to make sure we point out that Maxi isn't a hundred percent either, right? Like he played in the Golden State game, and you could just kind of tell like he wasn't, you know, his normal self in that game. I think he might have been dealing with an illness, so maybe he's feeling a little bit better. You you mentioned Atlanta's defense being, you know, bad, you know, and you know that's, you know, being being kind to them. They've been really really bad. Twenty seventh defensive rated uh, team over the last five games. But uh, Philly is actually the 29th defensive rated team. So only one team worse than them over the last five games. I think what separates both of these teams take a, do a pretty good job of taking care of the basketball. The one thing that separates uh, this in this matchup for me is um, just the rebounding percentage, right? We know Philly scores a lot of points from uh, the free throw line. And, you know, who, who scored those points from the free throw line? Joel Embiid. He's not there anymore. So that's, you know, points subtracted. Uh, Philly, Atlanta – you know, they, they you know, don't look now, but they, you know, were on that nice little run before losing, dropping back-to-back games against, you know, probably the two two teams that potentially could meet in the finals in the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Clippers, of course. But, uh, you know, they, they've been really, really good as of late. Uh, I know I tried to fade them a couple times at home over the last, <laughs> over the last, when they were on that five-game homestand and it uh, didn't work out well for me. I, you know, I thought the Lakers, even without Anthony Davis, LeBron, well, without LeBron could cover that game and they didn't. Uh, so I'm looking at I, I, four points is a is not a lot to lay. And I do think that this line probably moves in Atlanta's favor. Uh, you know, so if you want the four, I do think you probably want to jump on it now just because uh, I don't think that the the injury news uh, is, is quite, you know, like baked into the line here. Of course, Atlanta's not getting a lot of stops, but with the way that they're rebounding the basketball right now, the ability to be able to score the ball. And I will say, you know, DeJounte is on the injury report, but uh Marcus Morris is gone, correct? You guys correct me if I'm wrong. He's gone. Daniel House Jr. Yeah. is gone. Nicholas Batoon is still out. Uh, DeAnthony Milton and Robert Covington. So, I mean, who on the, the, this Philly team is going to, you know, step up and and help Maxi in this spot? So, I mean, I know you got guys like Kelly Oubre, but I, I just don't think that that's enough. If, if Atlanta can do anything, you know, is score the basketball. They're the number one rated, uh, number one offensive rated team in the last five games. Um and uh, they do a really good job in second chance points as well. And Philly not being able to rebound the basketball, 29th 
in in rebound percentage over the last five games. I'm sorry, 24th in rebound percentage over the last five games. So uh, I think it's a couple, uh, you know, advantages for Atlanta in this spot. And if I was playing it, I would be looking at Atlanta minus the four as well. Granted, they don't play a lot of, you know, a lot of defense. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting to see how, again, I think all of us mentioned here that who is going to step up here for the uh, Philadelphia 76, especially I, I didn't mention the names that, you know, um, that Philly also let go here, right, with with Marcus Morris being traded and also Daniel House uh, no longer on this team as well. So it'll be interesting to see who does in, in actuality step up for the Sixers team here. So I'm really going to be keeping my eye on the Sixers team. And Sleepy, you and I talked about this as well. Is we'll see that if they're able to, you know, ride the ship here a little bit without Joel Embiid until they get him back. And, you know, I think we may want to start looking at Buddy Heel props as well once he is in the uniform for the Sixers here. Um, and, and again, he, he's a guy that can fill the basket. I mean, he's one of the better shooters in the entire league when it comes from beyond the three-point line. So definitely going to be intriguing to see how this uh, Philadelphia 76ers team does respond in life without Joel Embiid. Uh, going over to another matchup here, one of the bigger spreads here on the board. There's going to be another Eastern Conference matchup between the Washington Wizards. They are headed to Boston to take on the Celtics here. And currently as it stands right now, the Boston Celtics are a 16 and a half point home favorite here with a total of 238 and a half. And look at the injury report uh, for both of these teams. You'll start here with the road team, the Washington Wizards. Obviously, we talked about the uh, trade of Daniel uh, Gafford no longer on this team. Uh, Marvin Bagley III is also going to be out for this game. He's dealing with low back contusion. Uh, and Isaiah Livers is also out for this Washington Wizards team. For the Boston Celtics, the only questionable tag is going to be Jason Tatum. He is currently dealing with a non-COVID-related illness in this game. So definitely keep an eye out if uh, Jason Tatum is able to go for the Boston Celtics here on Friday night. Uh, Chris, why don't you lose off with this game here? Celtics, a 16.5-point home favorite um, against the Washington Wizards. Yeah, this, uh, man, you're talking about a lot of points to lay with a team that could absolutely, you know, overlook this Wizards team. Um, this is, this is a, this is a big number. Uh, we just saw Boston, you know, laying something similar against the, the Lakers, you know, just a few days ago. And the, the handicap with, you know, not knowing the state, the status of Jason Tatum definitely throws a wrench in this one as well. Um, you know, just looking at Tatum there, they're actually, the, the Boston Celtics are still plus 9.4 in point differential across 47 almost 4,800 possessions this season uh, without Tatum on the floor. And, you know, they, they, they still score the ball. They still score the ball really well. 121.4 points per possession. Uh, and this is the, this is the thing for me. Um, I watch the Wizards play basketball. I watch them play a lot because I'm, I'm fairly, I'm just interested in how bad their defense has been. I haven't really seen a defense that's this bad, uh, you know, throughout the entirety of, of my life, honestly. Uh, so, so looking at the Wizards, I think, you, one of the things that I looked into, uh, you know, that, that you kind of mentioned was, you know, Bagley uh, being out for this game. Right. And I think, you know, they, they had played a little bit better defense. I think a lot of it was their ability to rebound the basketball. The Wizards have been their poor defense and they don't rebound the ball. And, you know, rebounding is the last point of defense. You got to You got to actually get the ball. And they they they, they stink at, you know, offensive rebounding. They rank, you know, bottom 10 percentile of teams. Uh, so, so what I looked at was, of course, with Gafford gone now and no Bagley, how did the Wizards play in those possessions? So across almost, you know, 1900 possessions, the, the, the Washington Wizards are minus 15.1 in point differential. They're only averaging 108.7 points per possession, which ranks in the bottom 10 percentile of the NBA. 
And, uh, you know, they they give it up 123.8 points per possession, on, you know, on the other side. So I know that seems like a, you know, a really, really big number, especially without knowing the status of Tatum. Uh, but I think that the play in this game and and I'm not sure I looked at these team totals because I, I don't typically like land as many points or even taking these points with, you know, with a team that's as unserious as the Washington Wizards. Granted, they've you know, done a pretty good job of covering on the road. One of the best ATS teams on the road, but they, they just, I just, I can't put my money on the Washington Wizards. So looking at the team total, uh, this is something that I've been kind of cashing with after I picked up on the trend and that's the Washington Wizards to go under their team total. Um, They have been pretty bad uh, at scoring the basketball as of late. And that team total right now is one 13 and a half. I think is where I saw the number on, Oh no, I'm sorry. One 11 and a half on DraftKings. Uh, is the number that I saw. Uh, you know, they will have uh, Rashad Holmes in at center, but he'll be getting acclimated. He'll also be drawn away from the rim by Kristaps Porzingis. So, uh, you know, it doesn't help them rebound the basketball. You also got Washington on the first leg of a back-to-back. And in their last nine games, the Wizards are averaging just 109 points per game. They're 8-1 to the under. And um, Boston does this thing also, right, like where – they're eight and one to the under in those games. They're eight and one to their team total under as well in those last nine games. They've really struggled to score the ball, probably because Jordan Poole, you know, is out there averaging three or four points per game in certain spots. But and the last part of this is that you know Boston does this weird thing where they don't cover in the first half of a game, and we saw that we saw that last night. If if anybody watched the Atlanta Hawks game, uh, you know they, they they I think they were winning by like five, but they were you know like thirteen point twelve twelve and a half point favorites last night. Uh, but if they don't cover in the first half. They end up just massively covering in the second, in the second, in the next game if it's a home at home. And I'm not sure why. Like it's just something that I've been paying attention to because I'm, you know, probably because I want to feed them because they land so many points. But that's when they play their best basketball is in that next game. So Boston, they 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 they're a plus ten in the first half of games after not covering in the first half of a previous home game. So that, that's something that I'm kind of looking at. We know if you want to play with Boston, you typically want to do it in the first half. They're the second best ATS team in the first half. And in the third quarter, they, they you know, they have they have letdowns. Uh, so if I'm playing the game, I think, you know, Boston first half is a, is a number is a look. Uh, definitely want to notice that as a Tatum, of course. But either way, I, I, Sleepy and Immunov, I think either way, I still like Washington to go under this 111 and a half. There's so many different ways. You know, Tatum not being there, so now you got to play a little bit better defense. Tatum not being there, so your offense isn't as influ- as 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 fluent. Um, you know, and Boston Celtics don't play at an extremely fast pace. So if they dictate pace because they got a game against Miami coming up, then I could, you know, Kyle Kuzma being pulled out because it's a blowout and, you know, that second unit not being able to score well. It's just a lot of ways that, you know, that Washington can stay under this one 11 and a half. So that's, that's the be the look for me in this game. Washington Wizards under their team total. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, right? This Washington team has um, been struggling. I think that's an understatement, uh, like you just laid out on the offensive side. And I think the biggest, I think, bus, I guess we can say, or maybe the worst trade in the offseason was probably Jordan Poole going over to the Washington Wizards because we saw what he was able to do with the Golden State Warriors. It just seems like the Monstars came and took his talents away or scoring ability away. Uh, and he's just been absolutely struggling with the Washington Wizards. But I mean, yeah, I've seen this movie before with with the Boston Celtics. I mean, you you nailed the handicap there that when they come to these bigger spreads, I tend to uh, turn towards looking at their team toes because we know they're one of the more offensive efficient teams in the entire league, especially 
uh, when all their guys are healthy. Obviously, we're going to keep an eye on if Jason Tatum is going to be able to go in this game or not. If he is in this game, I'm, I'm going to pivot and look at the Boston Celtics team total to go over. Uh, whether it's in the first quarter, first half, or in a full game, probably a trifecta spot for me here. But I think that this is a game where Boston just comes out and you know doesn't mess around and and takes care of business here, um, at least you know offensively here uh, against the Washington Wizards. Uh, Sleepy, take us over to your uh, handicap for this game. What are you thinking about this game between the Washington Wizards and the Boston Celtics? Well, without the status of Tatum, it's it's really tough for me to go ahead and, and believe it or not play either team here. What I would do is I would wait, find out what his status is, if he's going to play, if he's not going to play. I think if he doesn't play, I'll probably end up looking at Porzingis. One, I think that maybe you guys would agree, like Porzingis has stepped in. He's just not like the third wheel. On on many nights, he, he's, you know, 1B one, one and, and, and the second wheel guy. So he's getting his touches. He's getting his shots up for sure. And as we were just talking about with Washington – they're having issues at the center position, mainly because they, they got rid of their, their best guy. So I think Porzingis probably eats in this game. If you can find out before there's any determination with Tatum, I would probably do it then. I, I just have this gut feeling, the fact that Boston's laying this many points against a bad team like the Wizards, and uh, Boston has to go on the road. They're going into Miami on Sunday, that if Tatum's not feeling well, why not give your best player one of the best players in the entire league? Give him a night off, especially against a team like this. Like Brown and Porzingis and the rest of the crew, they can handle it. So I would look at Porzingis player prop. That's that that would be my first look, and I would just hope and pray that that the the props pop up before Tatum gets ruled in or out. Because I think either way, um, Porzingis probably has at least a half decent night, even if if even if Tatum's on the floor. But if he's out. Um, you know, he could go for 30 plus. Yeah, possibly a revenge game here, maybe for Kristaps uh, mm-hmm. Porzingis against his former team in the Washington Wizards. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a great call here. I, th- I think we handicapped this game. I mean, from from almost every angle, right? Like Chris mentioned, you do, you want to fade this Wizards offense because they haven't been doing uh, very well, especially Jordan Poole. I mean, you talked about a pivot if if Jason Tatum is not able to go in this game, or even if he is, I mean, he may not be 100% dealing with an illness and you know, Porzingis is that next guy. Obviously, Jalen uh, Brown is there as well. And I do expect that even if Jason Tatum is out for this game, I still think, like Sleepy, you mentioned that there's more than enough for this Celtics um, roster and depth to compensate for that scoring uh, if they are going to be missing Jason Tatum in this game. So a uh, couple of different ways you guys can look at this game here between the Washington Wizards and the Boston Celtics. Let's get over to, um, well, before we get over to our Friday Five and then our player prop best bet, just a few days away from Super Bowl 58 happening in Vegas. I know the guys at pregame.com have been putting in the work. Sleepy, let our listeners know all the great things they can take advantage of for the big game or even beyond that uh, over on pregame.com. Yeah, right now on pregame.com. All the handicappers are getting locked and loaded for the Super Bowl. You have your sides, you have your totals. Uh, many guys going out there putting their player props up, and you can get just an abundance of picks. And this is one of the best uh, times to go ahead and, and purchase picks from pregame. So if you simply enter code SPLASH15, you guys could save 15 bucks there on anything there at pregame.com. But not only because I work there, but this would be my personal recommendation. If you're looking for the best bang for your buck, the Super Bowl is the time to do it. 
because you're going to get an abundance of props. You're going to get derivative plays. You might even get uh, some of the, you know, Gatorade colors and coin tosses and, and goofy bets like that, that there actually are some good bets within, you know, kind of like that specialty area that, that people know, like one is, you know, the national anthem and, you know, it's being held in Vegas and sometimes people get privileges and they get to get in there and, and they'll, they'll time out, you know, how long it took the singer to go ahead and sing it. And they'll easily go ahead, tweet that stuff out. And before you know it, boom, you have a really good bet. So uh, it's just a good time to be locked in, you know, with the with the Super Bowl and, and to go ahead and get as many picks as possible. So splash 15, save you 15 bucks there at pregame.com. There we go. All right, let's get into our best bets here for the Friday night card. Uh, Chris, I'm going to give you the floor here first, my man. Why don't you lead us off with your best bet for the Friday night card? Yeah, absolutely. We, we're going right back to where we just left off, man. I really like this Washington Wizards team to not be able to score the ball, whether Jason Tatum is a part of that as well. Boston also does this thing. I know I just kind of talked about it, but the Boston Celtics, do they, they do this thing where we saw it last night as well against the Atlanta Hawks, where if they're playing really good defense, uh, you know, if they're playing really poor defense, like they did in that first half against Atlanta. So let's just say Washington does come out, you know, and score the ball, you know, like more than they should in the first half of, uh, you know, of the game. Uh the Celtics play defense in, in the opposite half. So it's either the first half they'll they'll play really good defense or the second half. And we know that they're, you know, when they maybe maybe it's the Porzingis thing, maybe it's uh, you know, Washington being on the first leg of a back to back. Maybe it's any of those things. But I, I'm just like I said, just looking at this Washington team, uh, outside of them, you know, only going over, you know, their team total in in two of their last, well, we'll say three of their last 13 games. Um, they just, they're slowing down the pace. They're not, it's not a lot of, you know, consistency on this teams when you got, when you're depending on, you know, Kyle Kuzma's for such a big offensive, offensive, uh, you know, so, so much offensive production, I should say. And, uh, you know, guys like Denny Avdi are going to have good games at times, but, uh, Boston is, you know, I, I think that they're, they're, uh, more than capable of holding this Washington Wizards team. Uh, under this total and i and i think that it's a slow paced game as well so i actually like the full game under but give me the wizards under their team total 111 and a half i'll take it love it uh sleepy best bet for the friday night card my man what do you got all right i'm gonna go ahead and take a hail mary throw with the team that just seems to always kick me in the ass and that's the new orleans pelicans i'll go ahead i'll take them i think they're getting plus one point against the lakers now the lakers haven't played yet on Thursday night, but they have to play the Denver Nuggets. And you know that when the champs are in town or you have to go on road and play the champs, like you're giving your best effort. And I think that the Lakers are going to go out there and they're going to give everything they have to go ahead and match up against the Nuggets just to see where they're at. Cause that's a potential playoff matchup. Not that the you know Pelicans and Lakers aren't, but I think they go all out here. I like the fact that the Pelicans are going to have a day's rest here. And I think Zion will play. So I'm going to go ahead and fade the Lakers. I'm going to make the Pelicans my best bet. And uh, haven't had a lot of success with the Pelicans as my best bet, as uh, many of the listeners probably know. But I'm going right back to the well again. So Pelicans for me, best bet. Yeah, there's there's a couple reasons why I also do like this here for the Pelicans uh, here, Sleepy. Number one, let's take a look at the Thursday night game, right? You mentioned the defending champions coming to town. Last season, the uh, Denver Nuggets swept the LA Lakers. They also won the first game of the regular season uh, between these two teams. But it, it's going to be an emotional night uh, in L.A. I don't think a lot of people know it's Kobe Day. They're unveiling a statue for Kobe Bryant. 
I believe they're also wearing the Black Mama jerseys on Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, you know, they're going to be up for this game. It's going to be an emotional environment, you know, in L.A. here on Thursday night. Um, but you also take a look from a trends and stats perspective for this L.A. Lakers team. Uh, on back-to-back situations this season, they are two and six straight up and one and seven against the spread. They're allowing their opponents to score 121 points per game in that second leg of the back-to-back. And then you also want to take a look in their home games um, on back-to-back situations, one and two straight up, oh and three against the spread as well, which my best bet's also in this game between the Lakers and the Pelicans. And I'm going to go towards the total. I like the under in this game, 235 and a half right now is the number. And, you know, we talked about it on the last uh, podcast, uh, Sleepy, that the Lakers are one of these teams that if you take a look at their home and road splits, uh, as far as the total goes, it's a night and day difference. So just to put into perspective here, Lakers on the road this season, 19 and 8 towards the over 70.4%. And at home this season, they're 15 and 10 towards the under. And I mentioned that since they are going to be on a back to back here, um they are let's see they are five and three towards the over and back-to-back situations but at home in particular if they're on that back-to-back situation a perfect three and oh towards the under in those games and you take just take a look at the number of points that are being scored in those games that are in back-to-back situations only uh teams are combining or their final scores combined to ride around 216 points per game lastly you take a look at this pelicans team they're healthy, right? And you take a look over the last five games, the New Orleans Pelicans, from a defensive rating standpoint, uh, are number six in the entire league uh, as far as defensive rating goes. And I know the Lakers do like to play with a lot of pace, but the Pelicans, they like to slow it down. They're bottom seven in the entire league as far as pace goes over the last five games here. So I expect this pace to, the pace to be slowing down in this game. Uh, it is a back-to-back situation for the Lakers. Maybe one of Anthony Davis and or LeBron do sit in this game. Uh, it's a possibility, but I think this is too many points here for this game on Friday night uh, between the Pelicans and the Lakers. So I will take the under currently as it stands right now on DraftKings 235 and a half as my best bet. So just to recap our best bets, um, Chris is going with the Washington Wizards team total under. Sleepy is going to take the Pelicans plus the one against the Lakers. And then for my best bet, I am going to take the under in the Pelicans and the Lakers game of 235 and a half. Gentlemen, it is Friday, which means we are going to do our Friday five contest as we usually do on Fridays. Again, go to pregame.com. Just look for the uh, contest tab and look for the Friday five. Get in there, put it in your Friday five. And if you're a new listener, it's simple. You pick five players who you think are going to accumulate the most points on Friday night. And if you do uh, win, end up winning the contest, you'll get uh, bulk dollars over on pregame.com. I know between uh, the podcast um, this season, we've won twice. Hopefully we can make it a third time here collectively as a group here. So I'll leave this one off here for our Friday five here, guys. So I'm going to first start with uh, my, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Miles Bridges here of the Charlotte Hornets. And he's been playing some outstanding basketball right now for this um, Charlotte Hornets team. And I know they haven't been able to win uh, very many games and they have not been very good defensively. And they're also dealing with a lot of injuries, right? We just talked about PJ Washington not being on this team anymore. Uh, LaMelo Ball 
has already been ruled out for this game here as well. So I think the sport, the scoring responsibility now is going to fall on Miles Bridges and on uh, Brandon Miller, their uh, rookie first-round draft pick. And um, you take a look over the last five games that Miles Bridges averaging 37.6 uh, minutes per game. He's also averaging close to 29 points per game. He's coming off a of back-to-back 40-point uh, games against the Lakers and the Toronto Raptors. So I think that um, success should continue offensively uh, for Miles Bridges. So I'll start with that. And then I'll go over to that Sixers game between the Hawks and the Sixers. Tyrese Maxey, I think this is a good uh, opportunity for him to bounce back after some lackluster performances going up against his defense. You know, like Chris mentioned, that not one of the better defenses over the last five games. I know there's been a little bit of a struggle here for Tyrese Maxey, but I think this is a game where he can definitely bounce back. Uh, you take a look at what he's done against the Hawks in three games already this season. He's uh, scored back-to-back 30-point games against this uh, Hawks team. Last two games, 30 points and then 35 points for uh, Tyrese Maxey. So I'll start it there with our Friday 5. Uh, Sleepy, let me kick this to you. Who are we adding to our Friday 5 here? All right, I'm going to go ahead. I'll kick in one guy. Uh, I like Scotty Barnes. I think he's going to have a pretty big Friday night here. His last time out against the Rockets, he had 28 points. But I, I wonder, like, what's going on with the Raptors. So you end up getting rid of Siakam. And I think even when Siakam was there, like, Scotty Barnes was clearly the number one. But it seems like since that trade occurred, like, Scotty Barnes is like, okay, you know, Gary Trent, you can go out there and shoot a little bit and quickly and and Poto and all you guys out there. It's like, at what point are you going to take over this team and be, you know, one of the better players in the league? And this team hasn't won at home in three straight games, at least since the the Siakam trade. So I have a gut feeling here that that Barnes comes back home, especially after this long road trip that wasn't successful. And he looks to go ahead and take over for his team against a team that he had success in. So I think going ahead and getting him into the 20s here shouldn't be that much of a challenge. But, you know, with these Friday fives, it seems like we're always plugging in a guy that's in that, you know, 16, 18 point range. So I kind of want to avoid that. I think Barnes will get us into the 20s and there's a possibility that you know, he goes out and has a really big game like he did the last time against the Rockets. So, Scotty Barnes, I'm kicking him in Friday five. There we go. And, Chris, uh, round us off with our uh, Friday five here. Who are you uh, adding to the group here? So, I am going uh, Trey Young. Trey Young for the Atlanta Hawks, like you. Uh, I think you already mentioned him, you know, if you got, um, you know, the highest total on the board, I think. Um, and, and we're talking about, like, in the over in this game. Uh, you also got DeJounte Murray listed as questionable, and he has been questionable and, you know, playing in some of the games and then not playing in some of the games. He didn't play in the game against, uh, you know, against Boston, and that I guess his back is still, you know, hampering him, hampering him right now, and that that could lead to even more usage for Trey Young. Um, so, you know, both of those things, you got a high total, you got DeJounte, you know, being listed as questionable in this game, and you got Philly. We talked about how bad that defense is, man, 124 points per game is what they're allowing in the last five games. And we know Trey is, you know, not shy about getting them up. 19 attempts per game uh, in, in four or five games throughout the month of February so far, shooting, uh, you know, above 50%. I think, um, you know, after he was, uh, you know, thought to be a, a, a snub from the All-Star team, he really, you know, started to turn it up. And, uh, you know, that was during that five or six game homestand. And, you know, it's kind of kind of been replicated throughout the you know, throughout the uh, the first couple road games as well. He, I think he might've like, like did something to his wrist in that game last night against Boston because he was, you know, shooting lights out at the beginning of the game. And, you know, the announcers kept saying, I didn't see it, but the announcers kept saying, you know, maybe, you know, he did something to that wrist, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll bounce back in the spot. I, like I said, uh, Atlanta not playing 
you know, he's playing pretty pretty fast and Philly not playing great defense. And uh, if DeJounte's not going to be out there, I'd like him to step up in this spot. So give me Trey Young. And then I'll also add uh, Brandon Ingram. So you got the revenge narrative, of course, him going back to L.A., um, you know, where where he was drafted. Um, 14 games against the Lakers so far. He's averaging 24 and a half points per game in that spot across those 14 games, uh, you know, going against this, the, the team that drafted him. You also got Zion listed as questionable. If Zion doesn't play, kind of like Trey Young and uh, DeJounte not playing, you know, it's a lot of uses for Brandon Ingram. We also got to remember that outside of the revenge game, this is, uh, I mean, revenge narrative for for the players, the revenge I think they'll always have revenge on their mind with what the Lakers did to them in that in-season tournament when they got to Vegas. So I like that part of the handicap as well. Then you also got the Lakers, second leg of a back-to-back, man. I think that they, you know, defense is not, it's probably going to be worn out. I, I see them giving, uh, you know, maximum effort in this spot. And we don't know the status of Anthony Davis. His defense has really struggled without him recently. Jared Vanderbilt's also out for this team. So uh, I think Brandon Ingram's in a, in a really good uh, sleepy spot. So Brandon Ingram and uh, I'll take Trey Young here. There we go. All right. So recap our Friday five. Uh, we're going to go with Trey Young, Brendan Ingram, Scotty Barnes, Miles Bridges, and Tyrese Maxey for our Friday five. One order of business left here. That is going to be our player prop best bet. Uh, prior to hitting four in a row, we did fall a little bit short, like I mentioned, with Draymond Green. Hopefully we can start a new winning streak here. Sleepy, I'm going to kick this one to you. Where are we going with our player prop best bet for the Friday night card? All right, let's, so let's go to one of the games that we were just talking about, Houston Rockets and the Raptors. Let's take a look at Amen Thompson, rebounds and assists over 13 and a half. Now, this is your team there, Manoff, Houston, and you've been the man that's been on fire with the player props, and we were supposed to kind of switch it up And you said, what do you think about this guy? And I said, you know what? I don't have to think about the whole player prop thing tonight because I know Munaf's been red hot. (laughs) So I'm not going to claim that this is my pick. I'm going to claim that it's your pick. You told me your reasoning, and I'm like, yep, I like it. So, again, even though Munaf dropped his last, you know, he's been on a heater, I'm going to go ahead and let him go ahead and have the floor with his pick for his team, his boy, Amen Thompson. Yeah, so let's start with the injury report. You're right. Uh, So Fred Van Vliet – not going to be making his uh, return debut, I guess we can say, uh, against the Raptors. He is out for at least four more games for the Houston Rockets uh, with an abductor injury, I believe. And he did miss the last game um, for the Rockets, which was against the Indiana Pacers. And Coach Ime Udoka uh, decided to put in Amen Thompson uh, in that starting lineup for the Houston Rockets. And he went out there and absolutely hooped. Uh, for this Rockets team. He played a team, or sorry, a career high, I guess I can say, 34 minutes, and he took advantage of it. He uh, had 13 points in that game. More importantly, he finished the game with 13 rebounds, seven offensive rebounds for Amen Thompson in that game. He also chipped in with six dimes in that game. So I think that the same amount of minutes will definitely be there for Amen Thompson in this game with the injury to Fred Van Bleet as well. Um, and also this guy and him and his brother as well, they've been both great rebounders, um, you know, in their young careers here in the NBA. And again, going up against a Raptors team that again, a lot of times I like looking at opposing big men or rebounding props going up against the Toronto Raptors because they don't have that true big man. I know they have Jakob Hurdle, but at the same time, they've still struggled, um, you know, keeping opposing teams off of the board. So 
with the amount of minutes I think that Thompson does get in this game and his ability to, to rebound here, and he just plays with a, such a high motor, uh, I think this number is a little bit undervalued right now at 13 and a half. And again, you take a look, he did play against Toronto earlier this season um, in Houston. In fact, in that game, he finished the game with 20, uh, in 24 minutes, he had 19 points, seven rebounds and four assists. So if we just see an uptick in minutes here, and if he does play five or 10 minutes, I definitely think that he can clear this number of rebounds and assists to go over for a man Thompson in this game here. Chris, I'm going to kick this one to you, man. Uh, I know you're also a, a player prop better as well. Any thoughts on our player prop best bet here with a man Thompson rebounds and assists over 13 and a half? Yeah. So, so sleepy, uh, you know, took the, he would, he, what, what sleepy was said is what I would say, you know, if is uh, you know, player prop expert, definitely. I love the way he handicaps his player props and, uh, I think you found some value with this one. You know, if you, you mentioned your guy for Van Fleet being being out. So, uh, you know, of course, the the line, the the odds makers haven't quite adjusted. And, you know, when you're, you're handicapping these player props and, you know, injury happens, you do have to figure out, you know, where that volume is going to come in at. You know, who's going to pick up those minutes? Who's going to, you know, get that usage? Who does the coach trust the most? And, um I mean, this is this seems like a, a, a liquid gold spot here. So uh, no way I could talk you guys off of that one at all. I like that one a lot. Mir Thompson, rebounds and assists. Yeah, hopefully we can get a new winning streak started here with our player prop best bet. I, but I do feel good about this one here for Amen Thompson. And again, if you want to get down on his double-double here as well, I think there's some really good value, I believe, uh, in the last game against the Pacers. Uh, it was around plus 425 for him to record a double-double, and he did get to the window with his points and rebounds in that game. So uh, hopefully, uh, again, like I mentioned, Amen Thompson gets us back to the winning window here for our player prop best bet. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, Sleepy, any parting words for our wonderful listeners before we go our separate ways? Yeah, don't get drunk and start betting crazy on the Super Bowl. Um, you know, stay within, stay within reason. And, uh, I just wanted to say thanks to, to Chris for jumping on. I thought he was an awesome element to this podcast. And I don't know if you would agree there, Manoff, but I felt the most comfortable and I thought that this was our best podcast. And to be honest, I thought it was because we added Chris to the podcast today and he did a lot of great things. So Chris, for me to you, thank you for jumping on and sharing, you know, a lot of your wisdom with, uh, with our listeners here. So I just want to say thanks. And, Good luck with the Super Bowl, everyone. Don't do anything stupid like I would do. Yeah, I mean, echoing everything uh, Sleepy just said there. Uh, Chris, uh, I'm going to give you the floor here, but man, I appreciate you jumping on here. I know, you know, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I mean, one of the more sharper handy uh, cappers I know uh, in the NBA, uh, of course, here as well, uh, and other sports here as well. But I appreciate you taking the time here on a weekday uh, on, on Thursday night and joining the pod here with us. But anything else you want to mention before we do get out of here? Hey, I'm flattered, man. Absolutely appreciate those words, uh, Sleepy. Same for you as well, you know, if, uh Always down to talk some hoops, man. So, you know, if you guys need me, I'm always around. Uh, I would echo what, what Sleepy said as far as, you know, <laughs> doing doing something too crazy, you know, with the Super Bowl. You know, bet responsibly is what I, what I you know, always like to echo as well. Uh, and enjoy the games, man. It's no fun if you're not, you know, actually enjoying the game. So enjoy the games, everyone. Uh, you know, bet responsibly, and uh, hopefully we we were able to provide some value for you guys. And thanks for having me as well. I appreciate you guys for you know the opportunity. Yeah, hundred percent. Again, make sure to follow Chris on X. That's at Crispy Capin with two P's and two N's. He does a lot of great work 
uh, like I mentioned, um, you know, not only the NBA, but also uh, covering other sports as well. And echoing everything you guys said about the Super Bowl, make sure you bet responsibly, enjoy the game. It is going to be the last game before we have to wait till August, at least for the NFL and the Hall of Fame game. Um, and sometimes it just fills into a very, very long wait here. But, um, you know, we're on the ground here for NBA. A lot of hoops still left uh, in the NBA as we approach the All-Star break and then getting into the second half of the season. And then before we know it, the playoffs are going to be here for the NBA. All right, we'll be back sometime next week. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we will talk to you guys down the road.